TII item 371, November 7th, 2015, iOS 9.2 Beta 2 and Apple TV 4. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Visit bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to save $50 off your order and to get free shipping. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. Start your free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Stacy for sending in the music here in the background. Stacy wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this song called Emoting Circuitry with the app Korg Gadget, and the track was mastered with AudioShare. This is from my album, Space Age Sonic Goodness, where all the songs were created on iOS devices. You can find my music by searching for Spectral Sevenths, two words in Spotify. Regards, Stacy P. Thanks, Stacy, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Jeff for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jeff wrote the following. Hi, Rob. The attached image was created from a photo from our lo- of our local bridge. Shot on my iPhone 5S, the image was then opened in the Roll World app to create the circular image, text and touch-up done in the Sketch Club app, and sepia charcoal effect added in the Photo Studio HD app. Regards, Jeff K. Well, thanks, Jeff, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Jeff's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 371 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music, especially music, that you have created on an iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com, and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, As for tablets, there simply aren't any good Windows-based choices, so the iPad is a natural pick. But Windows 8 tablets are on the way, and there will be no need for iPads in the enterprise. Unquote. Preston Grala, Computer World, 13th, February 2012. Well then, I guess those numbers of 98% of Fortune 500 using the iPad? Yeah, that must all be about want and not need. As the phrase goes, it's good to want things. Just saying. Sadly, no new promo codes this week. Bad marketer are you if you have a paid app and did not send in the codes, especially if you have an app for Apple TV. Really, shame on you. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And if you happen to have an app that's for free, you don't have promo codes, still like to get it mentioned on the show, it just won't be at the beginning, but if you'd like to get mentioned on the show, do the same thing. Send in a review of your app and we'll get it mentioned Later in today's episode, we have one of those where the app is free. So uh, 
make sure you keep listening. You'll hear that later on. You get a nice free app that soon will be paid. And on top of that, it's an Apple Watch app to boot. First up, to start today's show, I do want to mention briefly that iOS 9.2 Beta 2 was released to devs, as was 9.2 Beta 1 since the last episode. Actually, 9.2 Beta 1 came out right as we were recording the last episode. Items new in iOS 9.2 Beta? Well, Safari View Controller. This is the new Safari window that opens up when you click on a link in some apps. It can now be dismissed using an edge swipe. There is a new action extension support in Safari that allows third-party applications to tap into mobile Safari. For example, one password could autofill passwords if given permission by the user. But mostly, from what I've read on this, iOS 9.2, both betas 1 and 2, were about squashing bugs, man. So unless you're a dev, really at this point, not much reason to install iOS 9.2 beta 2 beta 2, or, or well, you can't install beta 1 anymore, but iOS 9.2 beta 2, not really much reason to install it unless you just like living on the edge or you are a dev. Okay, now on to talking about Apple TV. Before I get into your Apple TV reviews and thoughts and others' reviews out there, I want to get into my thoughts of the new Apple TV 4th Gen. As many of you know, this is something I've been waiting for for quite some time. So first off, it's not perfect. Actually, pretty far from it. But I do really like it. Some of the good to start with. I like the apps. My kids love the apps. Now mind you, I have the game controller and that definitely improves the quality of the Apple TV experience. A lot. So Apple TV 4th Gen, if you're looking at getting apps, get a game controller. That's, that's my first and biggest recommendation, especially if you plan to play any games. And the game controller, that's probably one of the best. I mean, it, it works so well. That, that SteelSeries controller, the $50 one from Apple, it works so well with the Apple TV. I was really, really impressed at how well it works. So, um, but before that, um, let me, here, let me read an email that actually fits well with this part. Um, hi, Rob. So far, so good. My six-year-old son is playing Crossy Road as we speak. The great news I totally wasn't expecting is that it plays slow-mo videos directly over AirPlay, and they load almost instantly. With the older Apple TV, it took a while to buffer videos, and slow-mo didn't work at all. Bad news is I can't connect the remote app from my iPhone 6. Hopefully there is an update coming soon. Regards, Eric B. Um, per playing videos via AirPlay, I had the Apple TV second gen. Well, technically I still do. It's sitting right next to it, just unplugged. And AirPlaying videos was painful. I mean, mind-numbingly un-Apple-like painful uh, to the point where I just stopped even doing it anymore. With the Apple TV fourth gen, wow, wow, wow. Uh, okay, getting a little excited there. Um, one of my favorite, if not my favorite features of the Apple TV 4th Gen is how well videos play on it from my iPhone 6 Plus. You have kids, you take a lot of videos, and getting up there and just showing them, it's been fun. We've done a bunch of that this week. Um, Eric, uh, thank you for the email. And yes, the lack of support <laughs> of the remote app, uh, painful to say the least, when having tenter emails and passwords and text. Um, I'll get to that in a bit. But games are really great, and having the second game controller, I was able to set it up to play Crossy Road, 
with two players at once, which the kids love. To do that, uh, get to the screen where you can choose your avatar. Swipe all the way to the left, um, all the way, and then uh, you can choose two-player option. Actually, start at the left, so just swipe over to the left. Don't go where it's going the other way, but you'll, you'll see it. It's just a little swipe, and you get there. It's kind of hidden. You'll see the option for two players. Choose that, and then each one can pick their own avatar. But you do need to have two controls, obviously, for that. Okay, so I like the apps. Love the video playback via AirPlay. Those are two of the biggest pluses for me. Um, I really, really like the volume control on the remote. It makes it so I don't have to have two remotes all the time. I do like that the main remote can be used as a motion controller, like with a Wii. Uh, check out the free game Labyrinth uh, for some nice motion control action. Speaking of action, for nighttime thereof, check out the free Fireplace apps. A lot of the value for the Apple TV 4th Gen will ultimately be in the apps. That is why I was so excited for the App Store to be added to this. That also means there will be a little bit of a slow period for that value to be seen as it was just launched. More apps will be added, word of mouth will kick in, and you will see and hear of better apps, thus increasing the value of your Apple TV quite a bit. But to start with, you have to look at it right now as almost in a beta phase. And really, it is a beta phase. Kind of like the Apple Watch when it launched. That said, right now, I already have close to 50 apps installed and have not paid for one of them, with well over half of those apps being game apps for the kids. Wink, wink. Calculating how much I would have paid for similar apps on the Xbox, and the Apple TV has already paid for itself. But let's not forget, it's also a set-top box for video. And well, Netflix app and the HBO Now apps are there, of course. And we get back the YouTube app. I was on the second gen. I had lost the YouTube app. So a little bit of a plus there. And there are other video streaming services and apps that were not on Apple TV. But to be fair, we're on the Roku. So not sure how much of a plus that is. Just uh, a getting it to be back on par again there. Now let's talk about some of the issues I've seen. One, I mentioned this is a set-top box and you use it to watch videos and videos oftentimes are watched in the dark. Movies are watched at nighttime. Apple, thanks for the option to light up the buttons. Oh wait, never mind. There is no option to light up the buttons. Unless you, of course, have your iPhone nearby, which you can then turn the screen on your iPhone and then shine it on the remote to see which buttons you're hitting. Uh, I guess over time I will learn where all the buttons are and I won't need to look anymore. Yes, I know, the old remote did not have it lit up either. But the old remote was, well, I was used to it and it had less buttons and it was easier to just hold in one hand and not have to look and you could tell where things were. Two, Entering in emails, passwords, or any text is a major lesson in frustration. Apple gives you a long string of characters across the screen. <laughs> and you have to scroll back and forth. It's one line of characters, all 26, right across there. There is no box of characters where you can move left or right or up and down, making it faster. Nope, just one long string. Thanks, Apple. Three, podcast app. As in, the complete lack thereof. I am assuming this is still in development. 
And there has been some screenshots from demo units at stores that show that it is going to be there. But still, where is it? Okay. Really can't complain too loud. No one actually listens to podcasts on the set-top boxes anyway. But if you were one of those three people, I bet you're kind of pissed off right now. Four. Siri. Why will it not work in search boxes? would be really nice for you to just say Tesla of go-karts in the YouTube app, and it pulls up those videos for you. Five, getting used to when I should push the top of the remote to do an action and when I need to push the play pause button to do an action. Honestly, some of the times I do not, I do one and not the other, and it, it makes no sense. But it is something I need to get used to. So basically, five is learning curve. And that would be the item. And the fact that there is one is why it's an item. Six, there is no quick and easy way to see how much of your storage you have used. At least not that I could find. You can see each individual app, what each one is doing. But what the sum is, you got to sit there with a calculator and add it all up. And who wants to do that? And who knows if there's other things being used? Seven, some apps require downloads of the same content over and over. For example, one racing app required you to download a specific data pack for each course. So you get the download and you play that course, drive that course, that then you're finished with that course and you go on to the next one. And again, you have to download and you have to wait while it's downloading. But if you go back to the first course, you need to download it again. It would be nice if it left things in a temp storage area and you only needed and only kind of deleted them when you needed to download other items. And then it deleted based on the longest time since you last used it. So it'd be nice to have some of the stuff that's inside of a, a temp area. And each time it's used, it moves into the higher priority. And then that way, when it's time to delete some of the stuff out of the temp area, it's only pulling out the things you use the, the least often. Um, there's an article also from Johnny Evans at Computer World titled Seven Apple TV Flaws Apple Should Fix Fast. And I think the fix fast item is important. His seven, by the way, are mostly different than my seven. Just coincidence that we both had seven. A lot of writers have been writing about a lot of different issues or complaints they have. And well, let's play some of the feedback from listeners of TII. And I will try to comment after or even during some of these. Hi, Rob. Jim from Pennsylvania again. One other thing I'd want to let you know is that I also ordered the Apple TV when it became available on Monday, the 26th. I ordered it at 8.46 in the morning Eastern time, which would have been a little bit earlier than the time that you had said it was available. I did look at 3 a.m. Eastern time, and it was not available. I also checked at 8 o'clock Eastern time. It was not available. I checked again then at 8.46, and it said buy. So I purchased it immediately. I got the 32 gig version and looking forward to it uh, delivering soon. It gave me a delivery time of three to five business days and delivery from November 2nd to November 5th. Thanks again for all you do, Rob. I certainly appreciate it. Bye. Jim, thanks for that feedback, folks. Remember that 8.45 a.m. Monday time. We'll talk about that later in the show. Hey, Rob, this is Rob from... Here in Kentucky. Just calling to let you know I uh, just got yesterday my Apple TV in the mail. Got it came in from FedEx. Super excited about it. And I'm currently on my way to return it. Uh, this, I can't believe this thing. So disappointing. I have three Apple TVs that I use all the time. I use Apple TV every day. 
So I was really excited about this. And uh, you plug it in. There's no remote app. I can't plug, type in my passwords. I have to click with the remote to every letter. No categories in the app store. Siri won't control music or anything but looking up some movies if, like they showed on the, you know, with the, in the promotion for it, but won't look up your movies or do anything. Uh, they've had a lot of time to get this together. This feels very beta. Um, I love Apple. I always defend Apple, but for, I paid $200 for this thing, and it doesn't do much more than the Apple TV I can go buy. I want right now for 59 bucks. does. Some cheesy games. I mean, I, I knew that this wasn't going to be like a heavy hitter game console by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, these, the games that I've seen are pretty much garbage. Yeah, very disappointed. I'd like to hear how you feel about it. Thanks, Rob, for what you do. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the feedback. And Rob has contributed email many a times on the show, so he's a longtime listener. We know he's an Apple fanboy, and you're not the only one, Rob, that was disappointed, and you aren't the only one that reported returning it. And we'll get to some more feedback here shortly about that. But, you know, I made my comments earlier. I really do like it, um, but we'll get into more of my feedback a little bit later on. Let's get into some more of your folks' feedback. Here we go. Hi, Rob. It's a bad idea to make the remote for the Apple TV out of class. Be careful with yours, Rob. Regards, Ron L. Mm, yep, one more thing to crack. Hey, Rob. Jeff from Connecticut. I uh, just uh, got my new Apple TV fourth generation over the weekend. Picked it up at Best Buy. Brought it home, hooked it up, and I'm enjoying it so far. I have the similar complaints as with everyone else. want the uh, Apple remote app to work so we can use the uh, keyboard entry right from the phone. There's no podcast app. That's a big downer. And hopefully they'll get that straightened out soon. But we'll be patient. The rest of the product looks great. I'm one of, unfortunately, I'm one of the ones that asked for advanced shipping. Ordered it directly from the Apple Store app uh, on uh, lunch day. And won't be getting it until Tuesday, the uh, 3rd. So, and I paid for express shipping. So uh, I decided to buy it at a local store, Best Buy. And... Um, We'll call up Apple and see if I can get some money back on that shipping because uh, that launch was kind of messed up. Anyways, it, uh, the Apple TV 4th Gen did resolve a HomeKit problem I've been having that I had mentioned on the show. Resolved it. It's great. So that's a big plus for it. And uh, that's about it. Thanks again, Rob. Take care. Jeff, thanks for the feedback about the HomeKit and this working better with HomeKit. So that was the first I heard of that. So thank you very much for the heads up on that. Hey, Rob. Eric calling from Detroit. Just letting you know that uh, it is November 4th, and I just received my new Apple TV, 64 gig. Finally, years and years of waiting. But uh, it came, great packaging. It's got all the bells and whistles. came with a nice little uh, power cord and all the stickers and all kinds of good stuff. But just wanted to let you know, uh, I ordered it October 27th. Uh, It shipped October 29th and received it today, just as promised. And I uh, can't uh, can't wait to get it plugged in. So I guess I'm going to let you go now so I can do that. But love the show, blah, blah, blah. Love what you do, blah, blah, blah. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hi, Rob. Just listened to the last show where you were 99.9% sure that you can use the iPhone as a remote for the Apple 4. Guess what? So was I. Guess what? I'm returning the uh, new TV. Talk to you soon, Rob. Hi, Rob. Steve from L.A. again on the uh, Apple TV 4. I got I was interrupted on my last voicemail. But I also was uh, very sure, you used 99.9% sure, that the uh, iPhone remote would work on the uh, 
on the uh, Apple TV 4, and it does not. And it's going to be a deal breaker for me, uh, so I'm going to have to return it. I really need to use the uh, iPhone remote for a number of reasons. One is when you use YouTube, my understanding is all you have is the input from the Apple 4 remote control that comes with the device. You cannot use Siri to uh, to search YouTube uh, app on the on the TV. So uh, it's going to be a deal breaker. I'm going to have to return it, unfortunately. But listen, it looked great while uh, while it lasted in my house. All right, Rob. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Hi, Steve. Thanks for the feedback. And the Apple Remote app for iOS last updated on April 21st. Now lists in the description, quote, Note, remote is only compatible with the Apple TV third generation or earlier, unquote. Huh? The optimist to me is saying that the update to the remote app is minutes or maybe hours or at worst days away. The pessimist says, well, it's a G-rated show, so I can't say what the pessimist in me says. Hint, one of the words rhymes with duck with a what the before that. Anyway... Um, there is another much longer voicemail that came in from Scott in DC. Uh, I'm going to put that at the end of the episode because it is over three minutes long and his thoughts and his disappointment for getting the Apple TV. So Scott, hopefully I addressed a lot of your stuff here, but we'll play your voicemail at the end so people can hear your thoughts. But overall review is this for me at least. I really like the new Apple TV, and I see a lot of potential to love it soon. But that will require some updates to the remote app and better layout of the text entry screen. And of course, some killer apps. I mentioned before the multiplayer across your road app option. If you find any other games where you can have two or more players at once, please email those to me today on iOS at gmail.com, and I will put together a list as a text post that I'll put up on the TII site as well as in the TII app, keeping it updated as more and more of those multiplayer apps come in. That all said, um, to the issue with the remote app, and I think that's one of the biggest issues people have, and and you heard there, Steve's returning because of that. That is something that Apple should be updating shortly, but I can't tell you when shortly is. Again, Optimus says it could be minutes, hours, days, at the worst, and then the pessimist, who knows when it's going to be. Uh, we do know the last time the app was updated was April 21st. We know they've updated the text to say it's not going to work with the Apple TV uh, fourth uh, gen because it's only third gen or earlier. Hopefully, hopefully Apple gets the remote app updated and gets the podcasts in there ASAP. They really need to do that because those are a couple of the valid, really valid complaints out there. And a lot of the complaints are addressable via updates. So I, I think overall you're going to see this Apple TV, if you're not 100% happy with it right now, or even 75% happy with it right now, or even 50%, you're going to, your happiness level will grow with time. It is, a, it is a shame that this was released, as one person said, as a beta almost. And I really... I think the best way to look at it, it really is beta one of Apple TV four. So this is Apple TV four beta one. We're not going to go to Goldmaster until at least maybe a couple of updates to the software. Here's an email per the two player crossy roads. Um, Hi Rob, I wanted to try playing two player crossy roads with my son using my iPhone as the second controller 
and finally figured out how it's done. I thought maybe you'd want to try it with your kids. I uh, wanted to spare you the frustration. Just follow the instructions here. And then here he provided a link to a tutorial at iMore. Hint, turn on ad blockers. By the way, do you know if there is a list of Apple TV games that you can play using the iPhone as a second controller? Regards, Eric B. Well, thanks, Eric. And folks, look for the link to Multiplayer Crossy Road in the show notes for episode 371 at todayinios.com. And as I just mentioned before that, if you know of any other multiplayer games for the Apple TV, please let me know. Shoot that email to todayinios at gmail.com. I would like to thank Bolin Branch again for sponsoring the show. The new Apple TV is now on sale, and that means for many, more time in bed. And Bolin Branch offers luxury sheets at an affordable price to make that bed even more comfortable. The sheets from Bolin Branch are made from 100% organic cotton, because organic cotton is incredibly soft. The sheets get softer each time you wash them. We've had ours for over three months now, and they are incredible, and they keep getting even softer. You'll get the nicest sheets you've ever owned for about half the price of what stores and boutiques would be charging for sheets of far lower quality. It was really great to see how excited my wife was to get these sheets, because excitement connected to your bed, always a good thing. And the box they came in, and the individual pouches for the sheets and the pillowcases, well, the presentation was incredible and very Apple-esque. Till Bolin Branch, no one challenged the department stores. So the department stores have been overcharging you for crummy sheets forever. And there just was nowhere else to shop. But now you can buy right from BolinBranch.com. With Bowl spelled B-O-L-L. Folks, you can kiss those retail markups goodbye. These sheets are only sold online at BolinBranch.com. And you can't buy them in any stores. That is how they keep the pricing low and free of markups. But here's the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out yourself for 30 days risk-free. Bowl and Branch is so sure you're going to fall in love with their sheets that they give you 30 nights to try them out. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. And folks, with the new Apple TV, that means more time spent in your bed. So make sure you have the best sheets to go with the best set-top box. If you order right now, they will give you $50 off a set of sheets plus give you free shipping. Just go to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII. That's right, $50 off by going right now to B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com and using the promo code TII. Let's get back to the Apple TV here. Apple Insider had a very detailed review, but let's cut to the chase. The end of the review, pros. The Siri remote with touchpad works great. Universal Search finally makes it easy to locate content, or easier. The App Store and iCloud integration are off to a promising start, and game controller support is already better than on iOS. The cons. Siri doesn't support the App Store or Apple Music yet. Why no iOS remote app support? And at $149, some may want to wait for a more cord cutting uh, for more cord cutting incentives. As I said earlier, there were many other reviews, but I think Fortune had one of the best titles, which summed it up pretty well. Quote, Apple TV's bid to fix television is strong despite flaws, unquote. And the good news is most of those flaws are things that can be fixed in a future update. I do believe it is the best set-top box out there when you consider the games and everything else. It's going to get better. I don't recommend you return it. Hopefully, 
you'll see with updates, it gets better and better and better, and you'll be able to enjoy it more and more and more. Could Apple have launched this a little bit better? Heck yeah. One thing I know a few people had hoped for with an Apple store was for the Apple TV, was support of Plex for Apple TV. And that support did come in the way of a free Plex app. So congrats to all the Plex users. For those that do not know what Plex is, quote, Plex is a centralized home media playback system with a powerful central server, the Plex Media Server, that streams its media to many Plex players. The server is available on many platforms like Windows, OS X, and many flavors of Linux, as well as many NAS devices like Ready NAS or Synology, unquote. To break it down further, Plex allows you to play media you have stored in a centralized place in another place. And now one of those other places is Apple TV, which is cool because it is connected to a big screen TV. If any of the Plex users want to call in with their review of the Plex app, it would be appreciated. And after my oversimplification, probably highly warranted. I got so excited when I saw the next title crumb across the wire, so to speak. It was the title, quote, how to take a screenshot on the Apple TV 4, unquote. Oh, cool, I thought. Hold down two buttons together or something like that, and bam, you have a screenshot. That'll come in handy. Sadly, that is not exactly how it works. Here is the procedure to take a screenshot with your Apple TV. Step one is launch the Mac App Store. Yes, Mac App Store. So right there, I knew I was going to be disappointed. Step two, search for and download the Apple Apple's Xcode development environment. Step three, with Xcode installed, connect the Apple TV to your computer via a USB-C to USB cable. Joy, I need to get one of them. Step four, launch the recently installed Xcode application. Step five, select window option from the top menu. Step six, select devices. Step seven, from the list of devices, select the Apple TV. Step eight, click on take a screenshot. So yeah, um, like I said, definitely a little disappointed in the process. Well, possible, yes, practical, heck no. By the way, that same article goes over how to record video, which I can see being a little bit more useful. If interested in either of the two, um, you can go to the link in the show notes titled again, How to Take Screenshot with an Apple TV 4. And actually, I have two different links in the show notes for that. Hey, Rob, it's Woody from New Jersey calling. I know it's been a while, but I've still been listening. And uh, I just wanted to respond to something in your most recent podcast where a uh, listener was finding the contact information in Apple Pay was incorrect, uh, the wrong phone number and the wrong uh, email address. And I suspect what's going on here is that uh, the contact card that Apple looks at, which you go into the system and tell them, this is me, will often pull the first email address and the first number. So yeah, I, I figured this out the wrong way or the hard way, and I had to go in and actually put the number that I wanted into the top field for my phone number and then also for my email address. I figured this out because when you do autofill in Safari, uh, it was selling all sorts of wacky information as well. And once I made the change, it then does autofill correctly. So I suspect this will solve uh, your listener's problem on future purchases. I hope that helps. Keep up the great work. Love the show. And uh, looking forward to getting my Apple TV as well. Take care. 
Woody, thanks for that feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I would like to share my observations about the moving of the headphone jack and power button on the 6 6S and the 6 Plus and 6S Plus before when listening with the headphones on my previous 4S. The phone in my back pocket would pick up pocket lint in the power jack port. If I was to put the phone in my back pocket after using it without headphones, it, I would drop it in top end first, and it would repeatedly trip the power button, sucking the battery life out of it. The new placement of these two items solved both problems. Sure, it took a little getting used to the power button on the side, but I am very pleased with the changes made. I don't know if this is why the changes were made, but it works quite well for me. Regards, Mike. Well, thanks, Mike, for the feedback. Hi, Rob. In relation to Katie's voiceover problems, I had the same issue. All she has to do is go into settings and general accessibility and to where it says voiceover on, select it, and she will find more settings. Scroll down to speech where she will find the default dialect. She has the option to enhance whichever dialect she selects. Okay, hope this helps. Regards, Dave in Limerick, Ireland. Hi, Rob. For Katie, who upgraded to 9.1 and now has a strange voiceover language, go to settings, general accessibility, voiceover, and then speech. From there, choose default language and then select the language that you want. I have noticed that sometimes after upgrading voiceover will lose the enhanced language, even if it's selected as an option. So you need to select it again, and it may need to download the enhanced language version before it will be installed correctly. Regards, Rocco. Hey, Mom. Daryl here from Tempe, Arizona. Just wanted to address Katie's issue with the strange uh, voice in voiceover after I finished iOS 9.1. I experienced the same issue, and what I found was that the after the update, the older compact voice was selected uh, rather than the uh, enhanced higher quality voice. So it's an easy fix. Uh, you'll probably want to make sure that you're on the Wi-Fi, apply this fix, go into settings, and then general accessibility, then voiceover, then speech. Once you're in speech, click right until you get to default dialect. And then go ahead and double tap on default dialect. Make sure you have the voice selected that you expect to be selected in there. You'll probably want to look for the enhanced version of whichever voice you are using. Of course, Alex is already enhanced. If you want Alex, uh, you can just double tap on Alex. You can mind that he is 100. No, let's see. He is 869 meg large file. But the other one... Enhanced voice is a hundred and something meg, so that's probably the one you want. Okay, Katie, good luck. Daryl, signing out. Dave, Rocco, and Daryl, thank you all for your feedback. We are now over 2,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out was from Matt Shaw, who posted the following question, quote, I am looking for an app that will scan receipts and harvest a transaction date, business name, sales prices, totals, etc. for searching and sorting. 
I'm aware that some apps can harvest names and contact information from business cards, and I'm looking for something similar for receipts. I don't need this for expensive account purposes, so it's okay if it does not provide that. I've tried a few receipt scanner apps, but they don't seem to do this, unquote. The consensus of the responses was to look at the app Expensify, E-X-P-E-N-S-I-F-Y, and Tim Solomon did confirm this will do what he's looking for. Thanks, Tim. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments, actually hundreds of them, in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fans boys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community was this post from Gary Tonsley. Yeah, I hope you got your name right there. Who wrote, hello, iOS community. Quick question for the UK-based members. Any idea if the new Apple TV 4 has a Sky Go app? If so, I'm ready to push the purchase button. Thanks, Gary. And looking at the answers, it appears that the Sky News app is available, but not Sky Go. But if anyone in the UK finds out about Sky Go being available for the Apple TV 4th Gen, please let us know. There have been more than a few rumors recently about when the iPad Pro would go on sale. 9to5Mac was reporting it will be available on November 11th, well, at least to purchase. However, Sam's Club is reporting it is available for pre-order now, and it will be shipping to customers on November 13th. Sam's Club info was not really a rumor, however, as it was available for pre-order already, and they're already sold out. Base unit with 32 gig and Wi-Fi only was 787, since the 32 gig only comes with Wi-Fi. And the 128 gig Wi-Fi only was 937. Both are just slightly lower than the 799 and 949 prices that Apple talked about in September. Given that the iPad Pro went on sale on Friday earlier in the day, I was very much expecting if you went to apple.com slash shop slash buy dash iPad slash iPad dash pro that the buying page would be live but it is not yet, nor is it live to buy in the Apple App Store or Apple Store app on the iOS devices. Maybe this weekend, maybe on Monday morning. Maybe Apple will do what they did with the Apple TV. Monday morning around 5.45 a.m. Pacific Time, 8.45 a.m. Eastern Time, it will maybe become available online, or at least in the Apple's Apple Store app on the iOS device. I really was surprised Apple let Sam's Club beat them to the punch. I'm actually really shocked it was for sale on the Sam's Club store before the Apple store. Again, note, uh, Sam's Club was not the cellular version. It was only the Wi-Fi versions. As a reminder, uh, per what will be available for the iPad Pro as far as what versions, there are three versions, Wi-Fi only at 32 gig, a Wi-Fi only at 128 gig, and a Wi-Fi and cellular 128 gig version. Pricing for all three are $799, $949, and $1079, respectively. Then there is the Apple Pencil at $99, and the Apple Smart Keyboard at $129. 
So fully loaded and with the pencil and keyboard, you're looking just slightly over $1,300 for a total of $1,307. I will send out a push notification once I hear it is for sale and we'll post in the Google Plus community as well. So make sure you have the TII app installed and have joined the Google Plus community at todayinios.com slash community. Macworld had a good article titled iPad Pro is a pilot fish for Apple's ARM laptop, which makes sense as it should be as fast as or almost as fast as the latest MacBook. If we see the slight bump in speed expected versus the iPhone 6S Plus might even be faster. The article also makes an interesting point. Versus the original iPad or the original MacBook Air or the original uh, iPhone for that matter, the iPad Pro is coming to market pretty much fully powered and then some. My feeling when we look back a couple of years from now, I think the biggest thing we'll note about the iPad Pro initial versions uh, is that it was a little underpowered in storage. I think 128 gig max is too low. I think 32 gig max, uh, 32 gig version is ridiculous. Don't even go there. Um, it should have been at least 258 gig, if not more. I know cloud this and cloud that, but the problem with clouds are they are not always right above your head. Your iOS device is not Joe, but of spoke. Bonus points for those that got that reference. Of course, if you know the backstory on Joe, you don't want your iOS device to be him anyway. Point is, sometimes the clouds are going to clear up, and it's going to be a sunshiny day. And that is just not a good thing for data. So having storage, especially for business reasons, is nice. Written article at applecontrol.com by Ashan Zafar, who is reporting on feedback from Fraser Spears, who was able to get his hands on an iPad Pro at a recent London educational event for almost an hour. He reports being impressed with the iPad Pro, finding it ideal for productivity tasks, but he found it harder for simpler tasks like browsing and Netflix. Really? You read an educational event and you logged into Netflix? So tell us, Fraser, how did the porn sites look? I'm guessing that one-handed use would have been a little harder as well. He did say the Apple Pencil is extremely impressive and calls it the best iPad stylus he ever used, and palm rejection is nearly perfect. Yeah, let's see how it handles lefties. He was a little unhappy with the iPad Pro's smart keyboard because of the size. Beyond all the split screen and multi-purpose tasking and all the other things, I am really, really interested in testing out the Apple Pencil and the keyboard, the smart keyboard, to see how they work and how they interact. Hopefully, I will have an iPad Pro and the keyboard and the pencil sometime next week plus. Here's an article I keep pushing to the next episode because running out of time, and I keep pushing it and I keep pushing it. So how long have I been pushing it? Well, here is the email that came in with it. Hi, Rob. Chiefs look pretty good so far. This article has some good insight. FYI, Dr. John. Yeah, saying the Chiefs look good means it's been a while. The article is titled, How iPad Pro and Microsoft Surface Compare, and it is from CBS Money Watch. It is a good article to review if you are looking at the iPad Pro for a business use case. Also, if you are on the fence, well, actually, if you're off on, on the fence, don't go ordering this week. 
as there will be many of the usual suspects releasing reviews for the iPad Pro next week, probably right after it starts going on sale, which most likely will be Monday, 8.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, these are the reviews from the people Apple gave the review units to early. But once it ships to the public, that's when the good reviews start to come out. No offense to any of the usual suspects, but you don't get to be a usual suspect unless you pull a few punches. Just saying. Plus, if you listen to this show, you get my feedback. And I have been called both an Apple fanboy, only concerned about his stock, and then also accused of pissing all over Apple fanboys and Apple, all within a, a matter of a couple of weeks. So I think that at least gives me some credibility if both sides are upset at me. Just saying. Thanks to Michael for this next one, which is that you can save $50 on an Apple Watch when you also buy an iPhone. This is a limited time offer and only available at the Apple Store, physical type store that is the one with the blue shirts. And no, we're not talking about the extras in Star Trek that get killed off. Those are the red shirts. Not the online store either. This is the physical stores. Offer expires on November 15th. This episode is brought to you by Linda the online learning platform with over 3,300 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Lynda is for the problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com slash TII and feed your curious mind. Some of the courses I think many of you will benefit from that came out recently are Building a Note-Taking App for iOS 9 with Swift by Todd Perkins, which is one hour and 20 minutes long. Then there's Building a Calculator App for Apple Watch, also by Todd Perkins, which is 40 minutes long, which are for devs or those looking to become devs. And then for all listeners, not just those looking to develop apps, there is Powerless to Powerful, Taking Control with Fred Kaufman, which, since this is a G-rated show, is from the business category. And with a Linda membership, you can download tutorials and watch them on the go, including access on your iOS device, stream over 3,300 video courses on demand, and learn on your own schedule. Watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces. Your Linda membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to visit lynda.com slash TII and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Thanks, Linda. I think I should call this next segment the How Right Were We segment. And this refers to issues with Android that make us realize that we were right with the decision that we made to go with iOS. I have some music in the background, I found, which I think is Creative Commons and is okay to use. Couldn't be sure, but it was on a site where I could download it, so I'm assuming it's all right. Actually, I have three quick articles this week for this segment. One is titled, ACLU, Google is embarrassed by Android security isn't protecting vulnerability users like Apple's iOS. The article starts by saying, quote, the difference between encryption and security on iOS and Android isn't just a technical issue, but a digital security divide, unquote. This, according to the principal technologist for the ACLU, Chris 
so gehayan. I don't even try that. But anyway, Chris said that, and he um, he said this because quote Apple sells luxury goods, and Google gives away services for free in return for access to data. Unquote, highlighting that the difference wasn't purely technical, but a corporate decision. Quote, Google has by far the best security team of any company in Silicon Valley. Unquote, Chris said, but continued, quote, the security people I know at Google are embarrassed by Android. Unquote. Next up in this segment is an article titled, quote, Android factory reset protection can be bypassed on Samsung phones, unquote, from Redmond Pi which I say, of course it can. Android Lollipop was supposed to stop this from being possible. This being access to the device after resetting an Android device via recovery mode. In short, you are not supposed to be able to take to force a reset on the device without it wiping everything clean and keeping you out. Thus, if someone stole your Android phone, they would not be able to access the data, you know, how it works with an iOS device. But there is a simple bypass for the Samsung phone that gets you around that and allows the thief or spy to get access to your data, which I think leads us pretty nicely into this next one. And thanks to William T for this next one, or as he says, this sums up Android pretty well. Plus, um, I had to get a Bond reference in this episode somehow, and this story is great. Let me start with this quote with regards to the latest Bond film, Spectre. Quote, Sam and Daniel don't like the Sony phone for the film. In their minds, the Sony phone is not the best, unquote, said President of Worldwide Business Affairs Andrew Gumpert in an email that was scooped up in the Sony Pictures leak. Yikes. Sam being the director and Daniel being Bond. They rejected a $5 million offer for Bond to carry phone with a total of an $18 million offer for being called the exclusive vendor. But wait, it gets better. Sam and Daniel turned down a similar $5 million offer for Bond to carry with a total of $50 million deal from Samsung for them to be the exclusive vendor. That's right. $50 million from Samsung and they turned it down. Yes, the idea of Bond using an Android was such an anti-Bond image in Daniel and Craig, Daniel Craig and Sam Mendes' mind that they turned down $50 million. Look, even David Niven and George Lazenby, they would have turned down this offer. Heineken beer, however, no problems with that. And well, that really sums it up. Hello, Rob. Stan from Winchester, Kentucky. Wanted to report a finding that I have in iOS 9.1. It actually has fixed a problem that I don't think many people had experienced besides me, maybe. I had reported several weeks ago in the Google Plus community about the lack of stability in syncing iOS devices via Wi-Fi through iTunes. This was before the rev of iOS 9, and even you commented uh, back to me with some help, and there was a lot of good suggestions in that thread. However, none of them seemed to help me. However, with the update to iOS 9 and subsequently 9.1, as well as probably some recent updates to iTunes and maybe even a hidden update to uh, Windows 10, this feature or function is now working much, much better. It's very stable. It's very repeatable. 
and I actually don't have to worry about bringing cables downstairs with me now as I can reliably sync my devices over Wi-Fi as originally desired. That was it. Some good news there. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Hi, Rob. I thought I'd let you know that I tried to review the TI app on numerous occasions, and unfortunately, it's virtually impossible for me. I think it's because of voiceover. I don't know. All I know, it's very frustrating. I get as far as selecting five stars and my name and then like 10 seconds, and then it brings me back out to the app description page. Any suggestions are welcome. Regards, Dave in Ireland. And I did check with Dave, and he is on the latest version of iOS 9.1 and on an iPhone 6S Plus and trying to write the review in the App Store app. If anyone knows the trick to writing a review for an app in the App Store in iOS 9.1 with voiceover, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. This is Jim from Pennsylvania. I had called in on episode 369 saying that I couldn't find the uh, skip backwards 15 second and skip forward 15 second buttons in the podcast app. I did hear some other listeners call in on episode 370 saying that they're invisible, but they still work. And I tried it and it does work. However, I do have other problems. (laughs) That is, I upgraded to iOS 9.1 and when I did, Now all of my buttons have disappeared, with the exception of the play or pause button in the center. So I don't have the skip forward or back button for 15 seconds, but I also now lost the buttons that you hit to rewind all the way to the beginning or hit on the right to um, fast forward all the way to the end. Those are not showing up invisibly. I tried touching in the, the areas and... The entire area now is skip forward or backward 15 seconds. I've had no other issues with the phone. I'm I'm uh, working with a uh, an iPhone 6 Plus, 128 gig, and everything else with the update uh, to nine and now to 9.1 has not given me any issues. I did try resetting network settings and. That did get rid of a little bit of the lagginess that uh, you had had other callers calling about, but for some reason it uh, has not done anything with the podcast app for those buttons. Um, Also, I've heard a lot of people talk about the sapphire glass that might be coming to the iPhone 6, or no, sorry, the iPhone 7. Um, I purchased an Apple Watch back in June, and unfortunately, I think it was the first or second time I used it, I used my Apple Watch to uh, do Apple Pay, and the person lifted up the reader as I was going to use it, and it my watch hit the reader and put a scratch right in the middle of it. So if there are uh, or if they're using sapphire glass on the Apple Watch, I don't really see that as being any better than the glass that they typically use on the iPhone. I uh, just figured I'd call in with those two things. Thanks for all you do, Rob, as everyone always says, but we do appreciate all of your hard work. Thanks. Jim, thanks for your feedback and the kind words. This week for a Kickstarter project, we have one called Amber, a watch case power bank for the Apple Watch. This one had a goal of 50000 and has raised almost double that and has until November 13th at 10.28 a.m. to finish funding. From their description, quote, a chic watch case 
which enables you to charge Apple Watch on the go. No need to sit at a desk and wait. Charges iPhone as well, unquote. So this is a mix of a case for your Apple Watch and a battery pack. And when your Apple Watch is in the case, it's being charged. But you can also plug in your iPhone to it to charge as well. For the Road Warrior, this looks like a very nice product. Pricing on this is $55, and they say it will ship in February 2016. There are four colors to choose from. It looks nice, but there is one design flaw I see, and that is when your watch is in the case and the side of the case blocks where the front of the watch is showing blocks you from seeing the whole face. If they had notched out the case or made it lower in the front, when your Apple Watch is on its side and charging and the case is open, then you would have been able to see the watch face in nightstand mode, something they should have thought of especially since some of the early photos show it in nightstand mode, but with ha over half the face of the watch being blocked. The other downside is you have to have your own Apple Watch charger cord, so it really is $55 plus $29 for the cord. It's nice looking and functional, and is one I came close to funding, but did not pull the trigger on this one. I, I need to control my spending on Kickstarter. I'm getting a little out of control. Again, if you travel a lot, this is a nice option. Hence the reason why over 1,300 people have already funded this one. Search for Amber at kickstarter.com or just look for the link in the show notes. But wait, there's more. Actually, well, more in this case is another Kickstarter project completely unrelated to the last company, but it's also for the Apple Watch and charging. And this one we received a heads up from Carl Vandenberg, so... That was in the Google Plus community. So Carl, thanks for posting there. And Carl wrote at that time, this looks like a great Kickstarter project for Apple Watch owners. I got this the first project from NBlue, who's the company doing this one. And it was very good quality. And he has a quote from them. Quote, we are very, very proud of the final product, Move, the very first wireless charger, power bank, and mobile docking solution for the iPhone and Apple Watch. Unquote. And that was from NBlue in their Kickstarter project, Move. And this project is titled, as I said, Move, and the Ultimate Cable-Free Travel Pal for Apple Watch and iPhone. It had a goal of $40,000, and it just passed it and has until November 30th at 11 p.m. Central Time to be funded. The description, um, they describe it as, quote, Move, the first cable-free travel companion for your Apple Watch. Charge your Apple Watch and iPhone anytime and anywhere you want, unquote. And this one does not require you to bring your own cables uh, like the other one did. Uh, features include a lightning adapter, magnetic Apple Watch module, wall charger, two 2000 milliamp batteries, docking station, travel adapter, and nightstand buddy, uh, whatever that means. Pricing on this one is $129 versus $85 for the last one if you include the cable. But this one does not require any extra cords again. Delivery on this is slated for April 2016. If you are looking for a portable way to charge your Apple Watch and your iPhone, you have two projects to choose from. I recommend you watch both videos before making a choice. For this one, search for Move in the show notes for episode 371 as searching for Move at Kickstarter does not find it. 
into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I've been listening intently to get your go-ahead to update to iOS 9 series software, which when you discussed it before today, or last episode 370, you indicated was still a problem for VPN users. Then today you indicated that we should go all go ahead and update. But I haven't heard you change your position on the VPN issue. Can you please clarify? Where were your instructions to update just for those who do not use VPN, or has the VPN issue been corrected? Thank you in advance. Regards, Joan. Well, hi, Joan. What I was saying on the last episode is if you already updated to iOS 9, then updating to iOS 9.1 was recommended. But if you are still at iOS 8.x, that holding off because of the VPN issue was also advised. Um, I can't recommend you update yet, as I've still not been able to find confirmation of the VPN issue being completely fixed. I'm sorry for not making that clear on the show. I hopefully will have an answer one way or the other before I do the episode, and that was an email I'd sent off. And now here's uh, one of the answers I have on this is Cisco has updated its AnyConnect VPN client. They just updated this, and the new update works with iOS 9.x. So now split tunnel VPNs are working correctly. Um, however, there is not much news on the other VPNs affected. At this point, if you are needing to VPN into your work, it is best that you specifically ask your IT guru at work if your VPNs work with iOS 9, especially if you're using Freedom VPN or ExpressVPN or OpenVPN clients. Um, if you do know for sure that you are using the AnyConnect VPN from Cisco, then you should be fine. Fun times. Back to the email bag, and this is something I mentioned earlier. Quote, Hi Moondog, long-time listener. I am an app developer. Sidebar here. Well played. Using Moondog, it shows you are a listener. Yeah, I get lots of bogus emails from devs that say things like, I love your blog. Um, yeah, okay, I don't blog. And sidebar. I recently got an Apple Watch. My wife barely excused the purchase because I told her I was going to make apps for it. Sidebar again. When you say my wife barely, with barely in brackets there, excused, um, are you saying she is barely your wife or she barely excused you or maybe it's kind of both because of the purchase? Hmm. English is a funny language. Okay, and sidebar. One of the main apps I was hoping to find was one where the user could create a custom set of instructions that they may use in the future, whether it be making a recipe or setting something up at work or at their home or work. There are so many uh, hands-on tasks that I do periodically, and I don't want to worry if I skip a step, miss a timer, or make a mistake. And I don't want to pull up my phone every time to see what the next step to perform is. After vigorously searching, I came to find there is not yet an Apple Watch app where you can create your own tasks, preset timers, or if you want, and have them uh, presented in step-by-step -step instructions on your watch. So I made the app myself. It might not be obvious at first how useful it is because the concept of how smart watches can help your life is still new. But after you use it, it may seriously change the way you do things every day. After making it, I realized that this will especially revolutionize cooking. So if you're a chef, then this app will be your best friend. But it's designed to be useful for everyone. Because it is essentially instructions for any task on your wrist, it is titled Restructions, one word. Sidebar. 
nice use again of knowing how I say things on this show with the use of one word and sidebar. And it is free to everyone with an Apple Watch. Once the app gets popular, I'm planning on charging for it. So get it while it's still free, TII listeners. Hope this helps you all. Regards, Chris Meehan. Unquote. Well, Chris, thanks for making this app and letting TII listeners know about it. Folks, search for Restructions, one word in the App Store or in the show notes for episode 371. And app devs, take note of how well Chris did on that email. Hey, Rob, congrats on the World Series champions to share with the boys. Pretty cool. This looks sweet, Dr. John M. Thanks, Dr. John, for the congrats and for the heads up on this. And what Dr. John is talking about when we talk about this is the 4G LTE cell spot from T-Mobile. This is, as they call it, the first ever 4G LTE mini tower, or in other words, a Pico cell. It is designed for indoor use up to 3,000 square feet. And according to the press release, it is available as of November 2nd to simple choice postpaid customers at absolutely no cost for as long as they want or as long as they are a T-Mobile customer. They also talk about just a $25 security deposit, but if you have been with them a bit, they will waive that fee. At least they did for me when I called to order it. Yes, called as it's not available on the website store. So you have to call. Call 877-746-0909. That's 877-746-0909. And you need to ask them for help getting it. Expect to be bounced around a couple of times to a couple of people. But once you're right with the right person, it was quick and painless and penniless to get one. I should have it by the end, by Wednesday, roughly. I've got my confirmation. It's getting ready to ship out beginning of next week. I'm excited as most of the time in my house where I live, I am one bar or actually have it now with the uh, numeric number in there. I'm minus 110 dB typically. Uh, it looks like you can also visit your local T-Mobile store to get one, but since they are not charging for shipping and also waiving the $25 deposit fee, I would suggest trying the 877-747-0909 number. If you, again, are a T-Mobile customer and you call that number, say you are interested in the 4G LTE cell spot that T-Mobile announced on November 2nd. They'll know what that means. I'll report back on how it was to set up and how it works on a future episode. Hey, Rob, this is Mike in Danville, California. I was just listening to episode 370 where one of your uh, listeners was complaining about laggy performance on iOS 9. And I, too, was having the same problem with iOS 9. I called a few episodes ago about the issue and where it ended up being a logic board issue for the most part. I was still having problems with text message notifications uh, hanging on my new iPhone after the replacement. So I listened to your suggestion about resetting network settings, which is something that I haven't done previously, and the problem has been completely solved. So I can't thank you enough for that suggestion. I know that you suggest that on a regular basis for general issues with iOS, and uh, it worked again for me. So thanks so much for that. I'm not sure why resetting network settings would impact a slow response from the uh, OS. Maybe you could uh, tell us on a future episode or remind us of that, but very happy that the problem was fixed. So thanks for everything you do and keep up the great work. Bye-bye. 
Mike. Thanks for the feedback. Always like to hear that helped. I know every now and then I get someone says, oh, this doesn't help. And you know what? It does. It really does help. And it is something that even the folks at the Apple Genius Bars will recommend. Or why does it work? Well, it's not just a computer. It's also a communication device. And communication devices have a lots going on and require a bunch of processing power. And sometimes those things lock up. And this is a way to unlock it, unclog the pipes, so to speak, and help the device get back to concentrating on what it wants to concentrate on, which is the computer part of stuff, rather than the communication networking part of things. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. I've been listening to your show for a little over a year. I have a question that I hope you can answer or someone from the audience. Is there any way to pull the voicemails off of my iPhone and put them on my PC? My mom just passed away, and I would like to back it up to my backup... So my picks so that I would never lose them. Is there any way to do this? Thanks, Richard B. Well, Richard, first, my condolences for your loss. Um, second, you're asking about voicemail, and then you're also asking about pictures. Um, so getting the voicemails, I, I don't know of any way to get the voicemails off. Getting the pictures back, yeah, you, you do a normal backup. But if anyone knows of a way to get voicemail, I mean, other than playing them, you know, finding a chord and playing it into your computer and recording on another app. Um, I, I mean, I don't know of a way to transfer voicemail messages with uh, iPhones. I don't ever remember hearing that that was possible. But if anyone does know a way to do it, please uh, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Is there any way of using the iPhone to record phone calls? I would like to be able to use this feature when I'm on an important call. Thank you. Love the show. Regards, Shauna. Hi, Shauna. There are kind of four different ways to record phone calls uh, with an iPhone. Method one is work through a third-party service where they act as the man in the middle and your calls go through them and they record the calls. These services cost money and a per-minute charge usually. And you would set it up where all incoming and outgoing calls are routed through them. Not what I would recommend. Second is getting a physical device you connect to your phone to pull out uh, the call. Recap is one of those items, and then you need another device to record into. Third way is to jailbreak and install an app that will allow you to do some call recording. And then the fourth and easiest method, first you sign up with a service freeconferencecalling.com. So sign up at freeconferencecalling.com for a free account. From that, you get a conference call line where you can then record your calls. What you do is you set the, that free, the number that you get for your conference calls. You set them up as a contact and remember your passcode and PIN. And, and what I usually do is I make the passcode and PIN the last name and the first name I, I make it conference a conf call. I call it conf call. And before you call someone, you call the conference call line and then you type five and star and you'll hear conference call recording. And then on your phone, you type add call and then you call who you want to call. Then once they answer, you click the merge the call button. So it is you, them, and the conference call line, which they don't know about or maybe you tell them about, which is recording everything. The reason that I make the passcode and the PIN 
the uh, first name is so that I can see, or, or the last name is so that I can see it when I hit that button. So the uh, anyway, it's it's just a nice little trick to help you there. When the call's done, uh, the other person hangs up, and then you go and you type five star again. And if you did everything right, you'll hear conference call recording stopped. And that is the easiest and cheapest way to record calls on an iPhone. By the way, if someone calls you and you know you want to record it, just tell them you're on another call and need to get rid of that other person. And then you do the add call and then call the conference call number, do the five star to start recording, and then you do the merge calls. You should check your state on the legality of this. For example, since I am in Kansas, it is fine for me to record someone without telling them. I am in what's called a one-party state, which means only one party needs to give approval to record a conversation. But some other states require both parties, like California and Connecticut and Pennsylvania. If you Google one-party states, you will see a wiki article on this. Again, always abide by the law when doing phone recordings. Once again, that service is freeconferencecalling.com. Now, there are some other free conference calling services out there as well, and some that you pay for. The reason I like this one is it's one of the ones that allows you to be a one-person caller into that uh, conference and record. A lot of the other ones require you to have two people in there before you can hit the record button. So that's one of the few that I know of, and maybe the only one I know of that's free, where you can go in as a single person and start a conference recording. So that's why I recommend that one. I want to do a very big thank you to Jeffrey, Ron, Amico, Larry, Richard, and Carl for their very generous donations to the show towards the iPad Pro and Apple Pencil and Keyboard. Folks, if you would like to help out as well, there is a donate button in the lower right side of the todayinios.com website. Thanks again to everyone that has helped out. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I couldn't make it past the bottom of the 12th longest game one in World Series history. I read... I'll have to try to catch a replay of the bottom of the 14th. Sounds like it was exciting. Being a Bruce fan, I guess, sigh. I actually, it's actually nice to have someone to cheer for in the World Series. Go Royals, Phil S. Well, thanks, Phil, for the nice thoughts. Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. That was sort of a touching story about your boys, your young boys, wanting to root for their home team in the World Series. And that's why you had your allegiance for the Kansas City Royals. But Unfortunately, that's not really a good enough reason, but I have a better reason for you to root for the Royals, and that is because their manager, Ned Yost, famously several months ago, actually got Major League Baseball to change its rules and allow him to wear an Apple Watch in the dugout, as long as it wasn't only used as a watch and not for any sort of nefarious cheating or other sort of data information that was being sent to the watch. So anyway, any Apple Watch wearer should garner your support, Rob, so go Kansas City. Bye. Kevin, thank you for that info on Ned Yost. See, that's why he won the World Series. For this episode, for the Ask Siri segment, I was going to ask Siri what was the best baseball team, a whole bunch of different ways, each time saying with it saying the Royals. But then this email came in, or voicemail, I should say, came in. Hey, Rob, it's Jeff from Redmond again. Uh, I've only been in Redmond a couple of years. Born and raised in New York. Mets fan since 1962. Just calling to congratulate you on the Royals World Series victory. Very disappointed, but your guys really outplayed us. There's no other way to put it. Congrats again. Love the show. Long time listener. Keep up the good work. 
Well, Jeff, thanks. That is very classy of you, and it would really make me look really bad if I did what I had planned. So rather, I found something that I think Cub fans could actually appreciate to do or ask Siri about, because not sure what is coming first. Actually, this was uh, sent in from Craig, the recommendation on this question. When is the end of the world? I don't know, but I wouldn't worry about it. There are other perfectly good universes. When is the end of the world? If I knew, I'd tell you, so you could bring me to life for one glorious day. We could get ice cream and run on the beach. When is the end of the world? I don't know, but maybe we should put paper bags over our heads or something. When is the end of the world? Right after you hear the words, fire it up. When is the end of the world? Well, Unix 32-bit time overflows on January 19th, 2038. Maybe then. When is the end of the world? As long as you keep me charged, we should be just fine. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free 10-day trial to their 3,300-plus video tutorials. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show and for the free offer. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant about something else, an app or product view, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music, actually almost out. So please send in some more music as long as it's been created on an iOS device, and then we can play it on the show. It's your show, and your feedback and contributions are greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Thanks again to Bull and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bullandbranch.com. That's with bowl spelled B-O-L-L. And use the promo code TII to save $50 off the nicest sheets you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. Finally, there is the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released and when there's, oh, I don't know, the iPad Pro available for sale. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And as I said, it's free. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.
Hello, Ron. This is Ron Rexford from Harvard, Ohio, calling. This is giving people a tip. Uh, the podcast app in iOS 9.1, if you do not see the 15-second skip back and skip forward buttons, touch where they're supposed to be. You'll find the app still responds like normal. Uh, the buttons will either been made the uh, same color as the background or have been made invisible by the programmers, possibly uh, on purpose or possibly uh, due to a bug. Okay, that's my tip for today. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Rob. It's um, Matt S. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, we just, uh, my wife and I just uh, went to the Apple store last night and got our new iPhone 6S's, both uh, 64 GB of silver. I wanted the space gray, but they were out and didn't want to make another trip over to the store, so we settled for that. I'm probably going to be happy with it. Um, And my children, my daughter will soon get one. My son is one of those fortunate enough to have his brand new iPhone paid for by the investment bank he works for and his sell bill, too, so that makes it easier on us. Uh, we had a great experience at the store. The, the the guy, Demetrius, who waited on us was a newly minted Apple employee, second day on the floor, but he did tell us he went through a month of training before he went out onto the floor, so that shows you the commitment to quality, and I'm sure we're going to be happy with our purchase. It took a while because he was new and had to ask his supervisors a lot of questions, but he was had a great attitude, and we were patient, and we were well rewarded. And um, Brandon, the guy that helped us set up the phones, was great, and uh, just an overall great experience. I just wish everybody had access to a local uh, Apple store because I was playing around while we were waiting for the phones just uh, just to see. There's only one store in Alaska, and unless I'm mistaken, Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota have no Apple stores. And I was playing around and I figured it's people in some of those states in the continental United States have at least an 800 mile trip if they wanted to visit a store in person. And you do get a lot of service. So I appreciate that. I just wish they'd open more stores so more people could take advantage of that. Um, Thanks for all you do. And I'll be listening. And I had three, three or four tips waiting in the store when questions came up that I was able to answer and my wife kept being surprised that I knew that it's because of listening to your podcast. So thanks again. Bye. Hey Rob, this is Scott calling you from Washington DC up here on Capitol Hill. I wanted to touch bases with you. Got my Apple TV. It was free shipping when I ordered it. They provided free shipping. I heard the other caller said that they called back and get the shipping fees or something waived, but like I said, I ordered it through the Apple um, the Apple store and ordered it and shipped and I got it within one or two days. Um, I was all excited because I've been listening to you now for what, seven years? And you've been on this uh, what would you say? Um, you've been on this Apple TV parade or Apple TV revolution or this Apple TV upgrade um, kick for a while. So I've always had Apple TV. I didn't think it was, you know, anything wrong with it. But, hey, I ordered it. I heard you all been talking about it for a year. Update Apple TV, update Apple TV. So I finally got it. Like I said, it came in on 
Monday, which was this second, and hooked it up, you know, opened up all the apps and everything, and I'm just not impressed. There's nothing about this thing that made me feel, and I did everything you said. I got the 64 gig, I um, got the Apple Care and all this, so I'm you know, I really didn't have a re, uh, an issue with the expense. Two hundred thirty bucks. I probably could have bought something else. But my old Apple TV and this one, I don't see anything. And I have the top of the line television. I don't see anything different in the appearance of the apps. I don't see anything different with functionality. The remote's okay, but it's not like so much larger where it's not going to fall between the pillows or on the side of the bed, and me and my wife were juggling around the sheets and everything to try to find this doggone Apple remote. Um, just not impressed, maybe. I, I went through everything that was on it. Just not impressed. I, and I'm not a... I, I, it really doesn't make a difference to me either way if it's a great product or not. It was just... It was new, and I said, I'll try it out just to see what's been all of the hoopla that you've been talking about for the last two years or three years about this Apple TV. So I have to put it that I'm kind of waiting for the big umph that you've been kind of pushing on your own, you know, I want an Apple TV parade thing. So uh, wait, can't wait to hear your feedback. Can't wait to hear the show when you really talk about you and your Apple TV and Harry Shavers and all of that. And I want to see... What makes this thing so great to you? Maybe I haven't discovered it, but I uh, can't wait to hear what you got to say. Thanks. Ben Scott, Capitol Hill. 